So it's a it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I thank you for tuning in. We're going to go ahead and jump right in. So so far this week we've we've uh, got some encouragement. We've got some some empowerment. Hopefully you got um, some wisdom and some understanding about some of the things that you know not necessarily do we um, um, we don't understand everything all the time, right? So hopefully. Something I said give, gave you a, a, a level, a different perspective. Let me put it like this: different perspective. Also, hope it shifted something about your day yesterday. As we wish and pray the same thing for the day. T, good morning. Dana, good morning. Miss Gloria, good morning. Junior Warhorse, Marcus, Marcus Paul, good morning. And so today, listen. I, I don't know whether or not. Some or any of you may have taken the time to go back and read. Lisa, good morning. Uh, Psalm 16, I have. And so we're going to go back to Psalm 16. And we're going to read verse number 1 and 2 today. And we're going to look at what he says, uh, says to us and apply this thing to your life. You know what I'm saying? Apply this to your life. Every morning when I get up, Ramada, good morning. Love day on a Wednesday, good morning. Miss Celine, good morning. Every morning that I get up because of what I do for a living, <clears throat> every morning when I get up, y'all, I pray that the Lord keeps me safe. Right. Um, a lot of times we 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 get up and we we pray for a lot of different things. And depending on what you do, depending on what's going on in your life, depending on, uh, you know, what people have inquired of you to pray for. Those are the things that, you know, we typically uh, petition God for. So based off of what I do for a living, when I get up in the morning before I uh, before I start my day, at work, one of the things that I pray for is for safety. Uh, and not just safety, you know, from gun gun violence or, or people shooting at me, but, but safety from all things. You know, we ride around in two-ton um, offensive or defensive weapons all the time. And that's our, our vehicles, right? Erica, good morning. Tamara, good morning. Miss Marie, good morning. We we ride around in our vehicles all the time. And what I tell people is, you just you, when we when we're driving, we're not just driving. You shouldn't just be looking out for you. You gotta watch what everybody else is doing. You gotta see what everybody else is doing. So when I pray, y'all, I pray for my safety in this car. Cause I'm in my car. Sometimes more than I'm out in the neighborhood. So I have to pray while I'm in the car for while I'm in the car. Because everybody don't drive safe. Everybody does not drive carefully. Everybody is not paying attention. You know, I've said it before, and this is one of the things that absolutely drives me crazy if i'm at a light 
the first in line. Just because, and as soon as your light turned green, the person behind you blowing the horn. Honk, honk, like you on the phone or not paying attention or you reading a book or you fussing at children. The person behind you, they honk the horn because the light just turned green. But I, the reason why I pause when the light turned green, how many people do you know? have gotten into traffic accidents because somebody ran the red light. Exactly. A lot. So if I'm hastily going through the light because it's green, if somebody trying to rush through the light because they late for work or they got to go to the restroom or they trying to catch the store before it closes, then I'm going to be in the crosshairs of that person who is not driving carefully. So don't blow your horn at me. Just because that light just turned green. Now, if you are by chance that person who always blowing the horn at people when the light on your side just turned green, I hope you don't do it anymore. Now, that's something different if they sleep at the wheel. It's something different if you, you've been about a minute or whatever the case, a, a long time. Waiting at the light and the person in front of you had moved. Again, not all the time is that person not paying attention. It's because I'm waiting to make sure that whoever is in the cross traffic in front of me, I'm going to make sure that they actually stop. Again, if you pay attention to traffic trends, people who Get in traffic accidents most of the time at lights, at traffic lights and intersection is because somebody is not taking heed to the traffic instructions, the traffic control device. That's the whole reason why it's up there. And you getting mad at me because I'm waiting because I'm trying to be safe. I'm not in that big a hurry. You shouldn't be in that big a hurry. Wait a minute before you pull out there. Yet, good morning. Shonda, good morning. Miss Mary, good morning. Shanita, good morning. So don't be behind me now doing all that blowing and hunking. Again, if I'm there for a long period of time, then you blow and wake me up. But other than that, don't. So I pray for my safety, not only for when I'm out and about, but also when I'm, you know, not like out in the community. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Dejana. But also when I'm in my vehicle, y'all, because people die every day as a result of traffic accidents. So I pray for my safety and I pray for the safety of other people. So listen. So when, when David starts his song in Psalms number 16, the 16th division of Psalms, he starts it off, and I'm going to read a couple of versions from a couple of verses this morning to give us a couple of different perspectives as we read and how we can apply this particular passage of Scripture to our everyday life. So he begins off in verse number one and says, protect me, O God, 
hear what I'm saying? He starts off by saying, protect me. We all need protection. And, and, and we all need somebody to watch over us and, 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 and veil us with his mighty wings and keep us from the dangers that are so prevalent today. And when we talk about protect, sometimes it's not always God protecting us from other people. Oftentimes, he has to protect us from ourselves. Get what I'm saying? He has to protect us from ourselves because there are a lot of times we are more dangerous to ourselves than other people. We we harm ourselves more than other people. We you know we we self blame, we self harm, we self destruct. Uh, so all of these things, you know, we we pray for. I know I pray for Lord, protect me from me. Don't let me stand in my own way. Don't let my weaknesses. Don't let the things that I don't work on or that I haven't began to develop or don't don't let me be self-destructive protect me from me every now and then I, and I was talking with somebody the other day and I said a lot of times you know we go to other people for certain things but don't override your personal convictions so I pray Lord protect me from me don't let me Go against my conscience. Don't let me go against my own self-convictions, my own personal convictions. And sometimes we have to admit, we do that. We override what we know is the right thing for us to do. We do it all the time. We override our personal convictions, and then we get into situations, and then we get into predicaments that we can't put that responsibility on anybody other than ourselves. Lord, protect me from me. Protect me, oh God. I trust in you for safety. That's what he says in verse 1 from the Good News Translation. I trust in you for safety. We look at the message Bible. It says, keep me safe, oh God. I run to dear run for dear life to you. Listen, y'all. Good morning, Tasha. If you've ever been in a place where you you're on the run, maybe I'm I, maybe I'm talking to somebody who's just like been running from things, running away from things, not trying to face things, not ready to deal with some stuff. Let me tell you the best place for you to run. The best place for you to go is in the safety of the Lord. You 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 cannot go wrong. Hear me when I say this. You cannot go wrong when you trust in God. I don't care what people say. Now we as human beings, we are the ones who hold the responsibility a lot of times for how people see God, how people see uh, their relationship with God or the possibilities of their relationship with God. And I tell people all the time, listen, we're the reason we as humans, not just a person as an individual, we as people, as individuals too, I guess, are the reasons why a lot of people are running away from God. Leaving the church. And then maybe it's not you. I'm talking about 
as a whole, as a whole, I trust God with my safety. I trust God with my life. I told you yesterday, and I said, if I had 10,000 words, I'd say the same thing over and over and over again. When you know how the trajectory of your life has changed as it relates to your relationship with God, you that's where you know where to go in times of trouble. And I had to remind myself, sometimes we as people, let me go back first. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me let me let me make sure I tag this real quick. You know, we have to make sure that when we are in when we are believers, we got to stop speaking so negative of the faith that we say we stand on. You know, stop being so negative about the faith that you say you stand on. That's why people don't want to come. I have nothing bad to say about the church. Now, about the people is one thing. But there's nothing I can say bad about the church. God has not harmed me. He has not done anything to me that he didn't need to happen in my life. You get what I'm saying? I, I take responsibility for my life. If I want people to come to, to Jesus, I want people to run to the Lord, they're going to do it because of how I portray the goodness of God, the grace of God, the favor of God, the protection of God, the truth and the understanding about God. That's my job as a disciple and as a believer. I'm not going to make it difficult. I don't have a sad story in Jesus Christ. Now, outside of God, I got a bunch of sad stories. Outside of God, I got a bunch of headaches and disappointments and heartbreaks. But my life with Jesus, good morning, Vanessa, I don't have a sad story. The Lord has been blessing me. I may not have everything that I want. You hear me say it, I repeat it. But I have everything that I need. I don't have a sad story. I'm not disappointed. We talked about it yesterday. Being happy from the outside in and from the inside out. People are not going to look at my life and say, if that's how living with God is, I don't want no part of it. That's not. They're not going to be able to put that blame and responsibility on me. No, I love God. I'm saved and I'm happy. I'm saved and I'm satisfied. I'm saved and I'm content. I'm saved and I have fun. I'm saved. I enjoy life. I do things. I, you know, well, I don't do a whole bunch of stuff because I'm just a homebody like that. But I, I love empowering people. I love helping people, helping change people's lives because I've been there where I didn't have nothing and nobody. I've been in those places. I'm talking, but there's, there's nothing, there's nothing sad about my life in Jesus Christ, right? So we have to make sure that we're not the ones, we're not the reason why people don't love God. I watched a, I'm so way off topic, but it's true. I watched a, an advertisement, an infomercial sort of thing. And they asked the question about why is it that when 
when kids get a certain age, when they get 18, when they get grown, they completely leave the church. And how do we bridge the gap? Listen, I'm going to say this. I've said it once and I've said it a thousand times. Those of us who have been in Christ forever, those are not not forever, but for a long time, instead of us, I know that our young people, this up and coming generation, do things differently than how we learned it and how we done it and how we do it now. I know the younger generation have a different ideal about God, a different perspective about God. But listen at this. As us older older people, older saints, older believers, let's not shun these young people. I'm telling you, I believe in them because listen, somebody got to be with them to do the work. If all us older people scared to live for God, if all of us older people are ashamed to acknowledge our faith, or we done got tired and we don't want to run on and see what the end going to be, we got to push these young people, celebrate their love for God, push them, encourage them, and support them. And I tell every young person in ministry, every young person that I know, listen, don't try to push the older generation out the way. You have to celebrate and respect those who have been in this gospel, who know the foundations and the roots of holiness. And I'm talking real stuff. Those things are important. So we have to, again, we just have to make sure that we aren't the reason why people are running from God, but it, it, a great encouragement as the reason why they should run to God. Whew, my God. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't condone disrespect for old people, older people, seasoned people. Regardless, I don't, don't, I don't do that. I don't, I don't condone it. I don't agree with it. But at the same time, I, I'm going to give them the same love and the same push and the same respect that I want them to give to me. I'm going to give to them. Right? I'm telling y'all, I'm leaving this world whenever my day comes. Whenever the Lord may see fit for it to be, and I'm praying it ain't no time within the next 50 years, but whenever my time comes, all generations, the generations before me and after me, the people that know me, that they will understand. They will understand this is a person that, because I'm not a general or a millennial. I tell people that I ain't, I ain't no general. I have not been doing this long enough to even be considered as such but i am sound in my faith right and i'm gonna be real and true and and i love you got 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 gotta 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 ex you know again expanding the reach i'm 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 in the middle but i'm gonna show support and love for those who i come in contact with that's my job as a disciple and as a believer, right? So let's let me carry on for these next five minutes. I got. So we're in the message Bible. Let's look at verse number two. It says, "I say to God, be my Lord." This thing blew me. Be my Lord. Without you, Lord, nothing makes sense. My God, that when I read this particular version of that, 
man, it just knocked me. Without God, nothing makes sense. Listen, no matter how I found out that there are certain things in my life, no matter how much I think about it, it doesn't make it make more sense. Have you ever found yourself having certain things happen in your life? Whether it's the death of a loved one, whether it's a, a transition that happens on your job or in your personal life or whatever the case may be. And, and, and it don't make sense to you. And so you sit down and you think and you rack your brain. I've learned, y'all, thinking about it more doesn't make it make sense. Thinking about it more doesn't make it make sense. Without God, without the Lord in my life, without knowing him, knowing his purpose for my life, knowing his will for my life, knowing for his, knowing his desires for my life, nothing makes sense without him. When I eliminate what I know about God, nothing makes sense. Losing two cousins at one time in a car accident that I could have been in. Nothing makes sense about that. Nothing makes sense about losing your loved one in a car accident. So no matter how much you sit down and you think about it and you what if it to death and you why God it to death. The mo no matter how much you think about it, it doesn't make it make sense. But I've learned in my lifetime, folks, that whenever you have God in your life, some of the things that happen. Now, I ain't going to tell no lie now. I will not lie to you. Some things, even with God, just don't make sense to me. Even with God, don't make sense. I sit and try to rationalize and analyze it. It doesn't make sense. That's because, remember, our ways are not his ways. Neither are his thoughts are ours. You know, his, his, his thoughts are way beyond what we can comprehend or what we think. But there are a lot of things that before God, I didn't understand. Listen, 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 listen. Listen, without God before, listen, before I started, before I learned about the Lord, before I really started to live right before I really started to, to, to pursue him, pursue his knowledge. Nothing about all of the hardship that I'd gone through in my life made sense. It didn't make sense to me how, you know, my, my pastor would molest me. It didn't make sense to me how parents don't believe children, regardless of how they much they believe in somebody else. It didn't make sense to me how the same sport that brought you so much love can bring you so much pain. And it makes sense to me that the same people who can cheer for you on the court and once you no longer do it, they, they act like you're their greatest enemy. It didn't make sense to me how, how someone can be so gifted. Uh, they can, they can have sex and get pregnant with it. It didn't make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? It did not make sense to me without God it didn't make sense but the moment but the moment I started trusting and believing in God and I started understanding that sometimes tragedy has to happen to change again the trajectory of our life sometimes bad things have to happen to good people sometimes you have to uh, get disappointed on your way to destiny. Remember I said it yesterday. I didn't understand why I could not 
have a collegiate career and a professional career in basketball. It didn't, it didn't dawn on me. It didn't make sense until I started realizing that God always have a purpose and a plan for our lives. When we don't understand, it don't make sense. Without God, certain things don't make sense. When you don't ask God, when you don't take things to the Lord in prayer, it's just not going to make sense. No matter how much you sit on your sofa, no matter how much you lay on the floor, without God, nothing makes sense. Lord, I, I want to, at least if I can, if I can get a relationship with you, if I can have a relationship with you, some of these things will start to make sense to me. That's why. That's why I married young. I needed to be preserved. God had to keep me. Because, honey, I might be dead some sexually transmitted disease if I didn't didn't lock into that covenant at a young age. This year this year will be I'll be married 24 years. You get what I'm saying? The Lord was preserving me. You know you. You know you. He was preserving me because your girl would have been in trouble. So I had to marry young. I had to marry young. And I believe in the covenant of relationship. Covenant relationships. My husband and I have gone through some ups and downs, but I've been committed to the covenant relationship. That's my that's my God-given gift. So certain things in your life don't make sense without God. <laughs> Truth be told, there'll still be some things that don't make sense with him. But I trust him enough. Listen. I trust God with the things that don't make sense to me. Oh, my God. Come here, little girl. I trust God with the things that don't make sense to me. So in my closing, I want you to ask yourself. Ponder upon this. Will I, not can you, but will I trust God with the things that don't make sense to me? Will I trust God with the things that don't make sense to me? Listen, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. That's all the time I got for today. I appreciate y'all. Till tomorrow morning, same bad time, same bad channel. It's your girl. I appreciate you. Peace. I'm out.